Welcome to Niners Talk with John, Tim, and Brian. Let's talk Niners. How can six of you miss a play like that, huh? What is up, Niners Nation? It is Victory Tuesday. God damn, it feels good to say those words. Tim, how are you feeling? Well, I didn't hear you sigh, so I guess that, that, that's an indication that before hours won. Did, did you watch the game? So I did watch the game. I just... We, we've been, been a month since we got to do Victory Tuesday. I've been getting used to, and not in a good way, of you starting the session going, <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'm emphasizing that, maybe I'm not. But it does good to hear John happy. John, you were the on-the-spot reporter, you know, that we uh, do our minuscule budget or just points of contact or, you know, things uh, put together or at the game in Jacksonville. I was. It was it was awesome. Uh well shout out to Michael Loicato. Uh hey, he, shout out to Michael. He uh he was kind enough to give me a ticket and and let me stay at his house. Uh and then also big shout out to uh the cat box. Uh really cool tailgating house about a half mile from the stadium. Made me feel totally welcome. Really awesome time. Uh, we finished uh, third in Cornell, which was always good. And I ate a lot of pasta and had a few Bloody Marys. But awesome, just all cool people. Just it's all about football and family. They were a little bummed after the game, uh, but uh, all in all, uh, it was a really, really good time. So, Brian, how are you feeling? Well, I have, I have one question, John, before I go. How did, did you... Uh... Did you rub it in in any way? Were you like no. a gracious, a gracious guest? I'm just wondering, like, how how loud were you cheering uh, during all of our touchdowns? That uh, I was cheering. I was cheering pretty loudly. Um, there was a woman who was right behind us, who was probably the most annoying Niners fan ever created. <laughs> I thought that she was said, me. No, no. I mean, <laughs> imagine if your voice could cut glass, then you'd. Then you'd Yikes. be the most annoyed. Well, so I haven't had that comment for sure. She said she flew in from Africa. Now I don't know how many Nairobi to Jacksonville direct flights there are, but it was, a little, it was just really odd. But we were in the end zone. We saw I saw Debo run in uh, when Bosa recovered the fumble. He and the entire defense came right to our little section. Awesome. You know, we, we were right near the Niners tunnel. We saw Chase Young and George Kittle come off the field. Um, so I was loud. I was cheering, but I wasn't obnoxious. Okay. Uh, the Niners nation did show out. And what Jacksonville did, which was really smart, was really on the left side of the stadium was all Niners fans. You know, you can see all the red sprinkled in. Then on the right side, it was all, it was all Jacksonville. So they did a really good job of just kind of keeping things separate. So it felt it had a college feel kind of game. Mm. Uh, but the, the stadium is awesome. It's the old Gator Bowl. There's really all sorts of good sight lines. Uh, and the, the TV scoreboard is awesome because it's ginormous. And you can see it from just about anywhere. So I, I really, really enjoyed uh, my time there. It's a great place to see a game. That being said, for anyone who's tuning in for the first time, or those of you who tune in weekly, uh, I'm John, joined by my brother Tim and uh, my brother from another mother, Brian. We're three obsessed Niners fans who get together weekly to talk football. This week, we're reviewing the Jags game, and we're previewing the Bucks, and we're welcoming our guest, Sean Ellison, to the podcast. So... So guys, let's let's talk about the game. I've only watched I watched it obviously live in person. I've only watched the first half recording, but Brian, thoughts on the game and after you ran twenty one miles? Twelve point three. Tim 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 did something very similar. So like let's not cut in kind of out of that. So uh first observations, I thought, you know, that bye week did them some good. Um so they're they needed it. You could totally see it. They were fresh. A lot of the players, the defense came out like 
swarming. Uh, the offense looked like they were humming. They all looked good. And it, it didn't hurt that obviously Debo Samuel was back and uh, Trent Williams was back. So, I mean, you know, everything seemed to click on this game. I mean, they look like the Niners of the Dallas game, the Pittsburgh Steelers game. Looks like they did, uh, they like the 49ers of old for week one and week five of this season. So, yep. Tim? Yeah, I did. Jacksonville was riding high. They had a five game winning streak. And the 49ers were, well, we had, they had a lot of question marks. Uh, would Steve Wilkes on the sideline be an improvement? Uh, would the 49ers be able to get into their offensive uh, rhythm? Would they be able to uh, cut? down on some of the missed tackles that have been plaguing them. And the answer to all, pretty much all those questions was yes. And the 49ers, I think they set the tone very early. Jacksonville goes three and out on their first possession. Uh, the 49ers uh, on defense, a lot of different fronts. Uh, they started the very first play of the game. The 49ers had a five-man front with Lawrence audible of he ended up rolling to his right. It was an incomplete pass. And the 49ers, getting that first three and out, I thought was was big for a team that needed to get off to a fast start. Uh, of course, 49ers first possession. Uh, they go right down the field. I think it was four plays to them to score. And what I liked about uh, the 49ers game plan was there were a lot of motion, uh, Debo back, think uh, a difference because the, the Jags remember what Debo did to them. Not only, I think, uh, I, I, what Jags did to them a couple of years ago in 2021, Debo was just a force. Debo goes in motion. That cleared a lot of, created some horrible mashups uh, for the 49ers. And I like should pass because, John, as you said, you know, Niners, Three losses, we were calling the plays before they have. CM's first down, CM's on second down, now it's third and eight. Um, the only thing I, I think I got a little nervous on that first drive was was the touchdown pass to IU. I, I'm glad they scored, but um that was pretty nice. rolling to yeah. his left and then throwing back to the right. Lots of players. I get gray hairs when those plays come. <laughs> But yeah. uh, the Niners, they got off to a great start, hell of a second half, and uh, they got a much-needed victory uh, over a very good Jacksonville team, a very young Jacksonville team, 34-3 on the road. You're now 6-3. and You still of uh, Philadelphia, but they're now also tied with the Seahawks, which means every game moving forward. And I know we'll, we'll talk about the Seahawks next week, but it, every every game now is about playoff position. Yeah, I thought just from what I was seeing live, the Niners came in pissed off and wanting to stop the yeah. narrative of, you know, the slide, Steve Wilkes, Brock Purdy, all the narratives that were going on and people, you know, like Grant Cohn just talking nonsense. And then I thought Jacksonville came in and looked a tick off. Like, oh, we had to play football. Like, like I we, not only I forgot to play football, but they they looked like they they hadn't played in a little bit. You know, it's still a, a good team. They put up a decent amount of yardage and time of possession uh, on the Niners, but they never got to the point where they scored. And of course, when you give up the ball four times, it, it just makes it almost impossible. I will say, I think one of Steve Wilkes's, or it was Chris Kersarek, whoever called it, the first time Chase Young and Nick Bosa played together, he lined them up directly over the center, staring at Trent, Trevor Lawrence and the two techniques, say, hey, Trevor, this is Nick Bosa and this is Chase <laughs> Young. I've never seen in that formation. He only did it once, and then he had them in their usual spots on the edge. But I was just like, you know, okay. you know, John. I I noticed that too in watching the replay of the game, and that looks 
that that was probably one of the most intimidating things I'd probably want to say, like a quarterback would want to see. And I, I was thinking of exactly the thing I was going to say that because that looks pretty damn intimidating from that other side. You know what? I'm going to go as intimidating as that is. I'm going to go one notch above intimidation, and that is Trent Williams pulling out on the offensive line. And you saw the Jaguars quarterback. I think it was Williams, number 31. Yeah. I think he literally just turned around or just like, I'm not getting in front of that. Yeah. He made a business decision. Like, nope. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, God love him. And I would do the exactly. If I saw a man like Trent Williams running towards me, I'd be going to the sidelines. Yeah. I'd be telling the ref, blow the whistle, blow the whistle. <laughs> so obviously this, the podcast is a little bit more upbeat. Uh, this week. So yeah. let's, let's look at our keys to victory. Uh, the first one was get to Lawrence. I think this is, this is one where they scratch this one off the list. Five sacks. Brian, what were your first impressions of Chase Young? Oh, he, he was awesome. I think the Niners just, I mean, just from a defensive side, I noticed that the Niners got sacks on the first uh, two two drives of Jacksonville. So, I mean, he brings another dimension. And I want to say he played, what, 30-something snaps? Uh, just like Bosa. Yeah. Almost like Bosa. So, he he's a force to be reckoned with. I mean, I think they both are. And I think that just opens up the game for Bosa and for Armstead and for everyone else. So, he's definitely more everything and as advertised and much more. Tim, your first thoughts on Chase? Well, I'm going to obviously chase young. He commands attention. Uh, and as you said, John, putting them right over the center, but then putting them on the ends of the defensive line. That's a tough task for any offensive line uh, to deal with. But I think what I took away when I watched the game again was how many times Lawrence went back and his first look was not there. And then I have to give it the secondary and maybe it's Wilkes being on the sideline. And, you know, we had heard that the 49ers felt that they were out of alignment, particularly against the Vikings uh, in that loss. Uh, so maybe uh, Wilkes getting the alignments where they needed to be um, with Lawrence constantly having to go to his second look. At that point, the pressure was getting there and he was having to step up. He was having to roll out and he was not ever truly comfortable in that pocket. And yes, there are five sacks, but We've used the term complimentary football, and, and I think we got to give credit to the secondary. And I know they, you know, we, we had a couple of uh, penalties out there, and, and, and some of them, you know, did give up some yards. It really has to be both areas for your pass rush to be successful. We weren't seeing that uh, with Burroughs. Uh, he was getting the ball out very quickly. Uh, Lawrence was not. And that, I think, is a testament to the Niners uh, in the bye week, taking a look at things, making the adjustments. Uh, and as a result, hey, you got five sacks. You were constantly uh, getting pressure on Trevor Lawrence. Well, let's talk about one of their biggest adjustments. Ambry Thomas. Oh, yeah. Ambry Thomas with Lenora in the slot. Uh, it's something I pointed out to Michael in the stands uh, because we, we were in the end zone, so I could, I could see the defensive alignment. And I saw, oh, there's... That's interesting. Ambry's out there, and then Lenore's playing the nickel back, and then Charvarius on the right. And I was surprised that Lawrence didn't go after Ambry Thomas more often. But I, I thought this was a pretty good look. I thought Ambry Thomas had, had a great game. But you're right, Tim. I think that that adjustment coupled with Chase Young really kind of got the defense going. But the other thing the defense did the big narrative last week was they need to stop the run so tim how'd they how they stop the run against etn he only had 31 yards i think the Jaguars total had 59 yards rushing on the day well again i think i go you go back to that first play of the game is uh the 49ers with a five-man front daring jacksonville to to run it against them and I have to think that, you know, we, we saw that five-man front multiple times, and I think that forced Lawrence, or rather Lawrence felt he was going to be more successful if he checked out of those plays. So I think that was giving the defense, that was giving Jacksonville a lot of different looks uh, defensively. Um, and the 49ers, you're also getting the team out of their elements, out of their game plan early. I mean, Jacksonville went three and out on their first two drives, and at that point, the 49ers had built... 10 nothing uh, lead. So at that point, you start thinking, well, maybe we're going to start, you know, doing a little bit things a little bit differently. 
they did have some success, I think, with the screens, which I know we'll, we'll get into a bit later, but uh, they just weren't able to, uh, I think, get into what Cincinnati and Minnesota were able to do was to be effective on first down. Uh, they weren't getting those four or five yard and making it more second and manageable work. Your playbook opens up just a whole lot more in those situations. Yeah, no, I, I think that's exactly right. Uh, and then Brian, one of the other keys of victory, which is always the key, let's just be, it's always mm-hmm. the key to victory is turnovers. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. They really, I don't think they, did they even have one um, that I can, I don't remember. The Niners didn't have one. The Bucks yeah, but had I didn't, a box. Yeah. The Jags had four. Yeah. Two, so two obviously, plus, interceptions. obviously, plus four on our side. I was trying to think, did they even have one? But, uh, no, they definitely controlled that stat of the game, you know, and I know they had, what are they, the last couple of the games, minus, minus two, minus three for each of those games that they've lost. So thank goodness they kind of cleaned that up. Purdy maybe should have thrown a pick on that first touchdown, but I think overall, uh, they really cleaned it up. No, no, um, no fumbles and no forced passes other than that, that one that touchdown to Ayuk. But uh, no, they really cleaned that one up. Can I can I just throw something out? Oh, there's two things I want to say about Brock Purdy. Um, number one, no, I didn't like you guys said I didn't like the pass because it scared scared me to death. It did work out, but it's just sort of like you know your teenager borrowing the car for the first time and almost getting into an accident, but you know ended up saving someone's life. Probably not the best analogy, anyway. But two things, I swear, if that had been any other quarterback in the NFL, and I'm thinking like a Patrick Mahomes, if that had been Dak Prescott, it, the media would have it would, yeah, it, it would have, it, if that had been Dak Prescott or, you know, uh, Patrick Mahomes, we would have been saying that was one of the greatest throws uh, of the season. Uh, but it's Brock Purdy, so they're not going to say that. But has anybody noticed that Brock Purdy is leading the NFL in passer rating? No, if you listen to Get Up, Dak Prescott's the best quarterback in the NFC. I understand. <laughs> so, okay. So it's like, all right. I mean, but John, you and I have talked. We we don't mind if the Niners are a little bit under the radar. Yeah, that that pass was like, no, 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 no. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was run. I was yelling at him to run. I just thought he had a huge land. I was like, pick up that four, pick up the five yards. Yeah, I mean, I was on the on the other side, and he had a lot of he had a lot of real estate in front of him. I mean, there you right. could, you could see. I mean, he threw him like that. Looks like it's going into a crowd, and then uh, you know you cause up and get it. So the Niners and Jags do have do share a number of folks. Tim, anything you'd like to say to their general manager, who I'm sure is listening to this podcast? Oh, absolutely, Trent Balky, in your face, buddy. Ruin my life from 2014 to 20. What was it? How many years did he say? No, well, well, let's see. They forced out Harbaugh in 2014. So, yeah, I'll say 2014, and we had, yeah, to 2017. He was good before that until. I just hope he was pounding the desk and he's got Bruce Knuckles. Apparently, he's not well, doing that where things aren't going as well. Well, the Jags still are six and three, yes. still in, still over so the Niners. top, and they do have a tough road ahead. Uh, they have the uh, Ra- they have the Titans next week, but then they have Ravens, Bengals, and they have to go to Houston and face the red hot CJ Stroud. So, but it's a good football team, and and Doug Peterson does a great job with them. So, uh, I, I I think they're gonna come back next week and beat up on the Titans. Here's another weird stat that somebody of the Jags fans were saying to me: if it's if it's not sunny out, Trevor Lawrence doesn't win. It's well, not, thank God you, you texted the picture of a foggy morning in Jacksonville, John. <laughs> so let's go to our, one of my favorites, stars of the game. Brian, who is your star of the game? I'm going to go with the, uh, I'm going to go with the defense kind of overall. So I'll just pick one player on the defense on my list. Um, was the pressure they were getting down below. So I'm going to say, well, I'm not going to take away from you, John. So I'll say Chase Young. Because he was there, he commanded attention. Um, he got a joint sack with Nick Bosa. Um, so yeah, that's my start of the game. He's new. They integrated him in the system fast. He picked it up. My start of the game. That's okay. Yep. Well, my one of my stars of the game is Nick Bosa, yep. who picked up a sack and a half. So I think he's at four and a half. 
So I, I'll, I'll look Wednesday when the official stats come out. So this Saturday, I'll do my four and a half mile Nick Bosa run. Yes. But Nick, um, you could tell because they have to account for Chase Young now that he's not getting chipped and he was, he was everywhere. You know, yeah. fumble recovery, tipped pass, one and a half sacks, and then he didn't really play too much in the fourth quarter. But and you, you can also tell that, and with Chase Young, that they really like playing together. You know, it, it's like I, only if Joey Bosa had joined the Niners, <laughs> I think, would Nick Bosa be as happy. So, there, to have a pumped up Nick Bosa who is going to be, you know, free range Bosa coming is pretty good. So, he, he got one of my stars of the game. Tim? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, George Kittle. A you know I love it when they get him in, involved with the offense early. He had a really nice catch on the 49ers' first uh, scoring possession uh, when Purdy hit him for I think about uh, 29 yards and think Purdy his best throw of the year. Oh yeah, being um, Kittle for uh, a touchdown in the third quarter that uh, put the Niners up um, at that point 20 to three and just a great way because I mean at that point. The- it was, it was still a ball game. It was, it was 13-3. Uh, but to come out like that, make a throw like that, and I, I think we've got to prepare for the Brock Party, but see Kill, you know, make that, make that play. Uh, I just thought, okay, we're rolling, we're rolling. And just, I loved his comment at the end of the game where he said, I've never walked in for a touchdown before, and I probably won't do it again because Kyle's going to yell at me. But it, yeah, that did. George, George is my star, and John, you you got to uh, have to have an interesting vantage point on that from where you were sitting. Yeah, so I I was just kind of I was standing, I was watching, and then I'm I'm not kidding you, the ball just suddenly appeared like out of the line, and it just floated down right into Kittle's hands. Then the linebacker fell down. Literally, it was just like you know just walking on it, and you know he was doing the whole wrestling yelling big spike and you know the whole nine yards and also he was because all the Niners fans were down there he was just high-fiving and having a good time and Brock Purdy actually had to yell at him George get off the field the field goal unit is coming on (laughs) oh that was that was pretty entertaining but yeah he had an Austin game he caught one over the middle where he got he got pretty well laid out but it's Kittle. I mean, when he gets going with with that offense, it's pretty good. And he, you know, he wasn't really a part of it before, but now, I mean, it's just when you get him one on one against somebody on the outside, it's it's really tough. So uh, for me, oh, sorry, Brian, you were yeah. That speaking of that play, as you wrap that up, that pocket was closing like mad, and I have no idea how Purdy could have seen. George Kittle one-on-one with all those people in his face. But I thought he was going to get sacked. Like just, I had to replay that, that, that touchdown throw a few times just to understand how Purdy got it out of the pocket to even see that far ahead to, to chuck the ball. Not so, only that, Brian, I, you know, did he get the throw off? He pump faked and then got the ball. Yeah. Well, it, to me, it was one of the, it's one of the best throws I've seen this year. It was it was incredible. For me, uh, star of the game is Brock Purdy. Uh, for two weeks, I mean, you know, he obviously went off to the Iowa cornfields to get away from it all. But to come back with all the, you know, Purdy's not this, Purdy's not that, you know, all the interceptions, you know, the rose, shine is off the rose, blah, 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 blah. He had an awesome game. Uh, you know, oh, Tim, what was his stats? Brock was, he was 19. 19- 26 uh for 296 three touchdowns yeah i mean that's that's pretty good yeah so he looked in complete command and he was also pressured i think 50 percent of his snaps so yeah he was sacked twice to get that kind of performance while you know having the defense in your lap was was pretty good and i have one more star of the game Embry thomas oh yeah you know you go out there, there's always been, you know, he didn't have the best second sophomore year, uh, but he went out there. He had an awesome strip 
uh, and should have been touchdowns. <laughs> should have been. So Shanahan ran out of the field. <laughs> Shanahan just be like, hey, man, I owe you a touchdown. But he just, I thought when I saw him come out, they were going to pick on him. And he held his ground, and he just delivered a, a great game. Uh, so I'm be interested if they keep doing this. Know who the uh, Bucks slot receiver is, um, but they keep talking about having Isaiah Oliver do the bigger body guys, and you know Lenore do the smaller guys. But to me, it's like if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And Embry on the outside, and Lenore in the middle provides them this kind of bridge. Why would you change it? Yeah, you know, Ambry Thomas, he was, like, picked on last year, and we had high hopes for him this season, and he did pretty good, I think, in the preseason and kind of leading up to it, and he just kind of fell off the radar. And then, you know, I didn't really know much about Isaiah Oliver. I know that, you know, he was there. He was making plays. I don't know if he was the best tackler, but, um, yeah, it seemed to work, John. And, yeah, let's keep it going with that guy. Well... As I like to say, it's not all sunshine and lollipops. Although I was thinking about making this segment the size, like, uh, I can't do the size. Like the size game. of the game. <laughs> size of the game. Every every time, I think, can we you know, pipe in some music where they, we do sunshine, rainbows, and that all stops. We have well stars and we want to keep them. Yes. I don't know how to edit that in. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> so... Brian, what do you think we can improve? Yeah, well, um, I mean, I you put this on here as point number three, but I was like really one. I, as you guys know, I was texting like mad about trying to get CMC to score. So like, I really wanted him to break that record, and you know, why couldn't Juice have fallen down? Use check on the one yard <laughs> line, and I was that's all I wanted to see. I know we were blowing out the the Jags. I just wanted to see that. And like, I don't know, Juice has to like, he's getting paid money. He's getting paid a lot too. You know, he's like the highest paid fullback in the league, right? So, oh man, I was, you guys know I was crushed about that. But yes, I did yeah. want to see CMC score in the end. And, but yeah, I know they were trying. So by the end of the game, when they got down to the other end zone, because that one was, that they were playing away from, from us. Yeah. yeah. Um, by that point, most of the Jackson, the Jags fans had left, and it was pretty much all Niners fans by that point. And they were they were chanting CMC. Everybody wanted him to to, yeah. to do it. And of course, like I, if you're the Jags defense, why you don't want to be? You want to have somebody. You don't want to be the guy who gives it up. They're um, good defense, and they're a good defense. It's like we know who's going to get the ball. Like four people are going to swarm CMC. So. If they had gotten it then, that would have been awesome. But it was at that point. It was it was pretty hard. What was that? What was um, that last play they tried to throw the ball to him? Where I it, it looked like he was going to score that touchdown on that that um uh, that flat route on him. Um, uh, yeah, run there. But he, he wasn't quite in the end zone, and I wish they would have run the route into the end zone. But yeah, uh, the, oh, the Jags corner also made a great play on that. Yeah, there was like there was like four Jags around him. They all they all knew. <laughs> yeah, they all knew. Yeah, the ball. <laughs> And they don't, like I said, they don't want to be the D that gives it up. Um, yeah. So, but yeah. So, Tim, places we, we can still improve? I think screens can still hurt the 49ers. And there were um, there were three of them. I, I know that the defense gave up by three points. And, you know, as you said, John, we're getting You know, with the defensive front, they love to play aggressive. I think we're just, you know, still an area that can hurt the 49ers oh they can recognize um earlier i think they can be in a position to limit those plays but uh something 49ers continue to to work on and i know they did during uh the bye that they said much uh but they eight we're nitpicking here we're talking about a, a team that four takeaways five sacks and i'm talking three screen players on produce three points that was the only for Jacksonville, so uh, I had my hand. Pick one thing that would be it. Well, the one place I was a bit concerned was the offensive line. Yeah, 50% pressure rate. You know, Trent at 75% is still an awesome, yeah, awesome 
Uh, Cole McKivitt's got a little bit rolled up on. Uh, but Spencer Burford had a clean sheet. But, you know, if you, they just have to give Purdy enough time. And that, that's my main concern because the more people look at that offensive line and see if they're suspect, the more they're going to blitz, the more they're going to stunt, um, the more they're going to try and just get get to Purdy. If they can't establish the run, yeah, then they'll just they'll just stack the box. So the offensive line is, is a bit of a, a bit of a concern. Um, and then the only thing I other thing I saw was, uh, you know, they had some. I saw the Wisnowski kick. It laid, you know, perfect on the one yard line. But there's been susceptible this year to giving up some fairly long drives. You know, yeah. Obviously, we all to be three and out, but when you have a field position flip like that, you know. One or two first downs and, and get them out. Uh, that those are the places to go improve. But I mean, you know, it was a, it was a great game. They played. They they came out. They had made some adjustments. They looked like Niners. They had some swagger. I think uh, I think they're back on track. So with that, it comes to uh, Niners trivia time with Brian. All right. I'm guessing somewhat Bucks. Themed. You got that right. Say, are pirate themed? Are yes. It there is you pirate. go. <laughs> okay. Just nonplussed about the whole thing. Just like um, that's your pirate. Never mind. Hey, Brian, do you want to see my brother get all torqued up? Yes. Tim, who was the defensive tackle that broke Jerry Rice's knee? Silence is done. Not even going to answer that question. <laughs> I hope that wasn't one of your trivia questions, Brian. It was not. Okay, good. That's he did eventually brother. file for bankruptcy, so karma does go around. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I don't, I don't know who it is. Who is it? It's, it's Warren, Warren Sapp. <laughs> oh. Okay. All right, all right, all right. Uh, 1976, a Tampa Bay started as an expansion team and played in what division in its first year? The NFC Central. I don't Tim? think that's correct, but I'll, I'll, you know what? I'm going to say NFC South because the 49ers, or excuse me, the, the NFL did something unique that year. Anyway, uh, I'll okay. say NFC South. Okay. Okay. So John said NFC Central. Tim yep. said NFC South. Okay. Question number two Name five players who primarily were Tampa Bay Buccaneers who are in the Hall of Fame. Uh, I'll go, I'll do, we'll do one. Yeah. One. Okay. So my first one is Leroy Selwyn, Tim. Um, I'll do Warren Sapp. Uh, Derek Brooks. John Lynch. One more. Trying to think of another one. I keep wanting to go to Doug Williams, but I don't think he's in the Hall of Fame. He's off. Right. We'll come back to that. Okay. Uh, let's see. Speaking of John Lynch, now the GM of our beloved 49ers, which major league baseball team drafted him in 92, but he chose to stay at Stanford and finish his senior year with Bill Walsh. I was going to a complete shot in the dark. St. Louis Cardinals. I don't know. I'll just, I'll just say Yankees. You guys want a hint or, uh, just leave it. Yeah, sure. Uh, this was, uh, this is a National League. I'll say that. It's a National League team. You said the Cardinals. Cardinals, yeah. I, I don't have a clue. How about an expansion National League team? How's that? Colorado Rockies. Okay. All right. All right. Cardinals and Rockies. Last question. The Niners played the Buccaneers on January 12th, 2003, as we all know. And we lost that game. The Niners lost 31 to 6. Who scored our points for us on that day? Name that person. I have no idea. Was, um, this this was the 31 to 3. That was the playoff. We lost 31 to 6. 31 to this, 6. This was the week. Six. Yeah. This was the weekend after that Niners. I mean, that Giants Niners come back. Yeah. So it was 31 6. So it's 2003. So six points. Uh, it's a kicker. 
And who's our kicker? Um, Mike Cooper. Jose Cortez. <laughs> um, what? Jeff Chandler. John, I'm gonna go with uh, Mike Cover, which is wrong. 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 All right, nice. That's it. Moving on. We'll come back. All right. As we've been doing the last few weeks, I want to welcome to the show Sean Ellison, who is a Buccaneers fan. So, Sean, give us some. History on how'd you become a Bucks fan? I became a Bucks fan in 1976. Um, I was originally born wow, in Vermont wow. in 72. And then my family moved to Florida and my grandparents managed and lived in a hotel on Clearwater Beach. And so they became season ticket holders in 1976. Um, I went to my first game when I was four years old. Um, I remember like it was yesterday. Uh, it like. Yeah, changed my life forever. And a couple of years, um, I think I went to the NFC Championship game in 79 with the Rams. We lost. And then we moved back to Vermont. And I graduated high school out of Vermont. I'm still a Bucks fan. Um, I could have switched over to New England or Giants, Jets, but always stayed a Bucks fan. So I joined the military and I did 22 years in the military. Thank you for your service. And but thank you for supporting us veterans. We really appreciate it. So I got deployed, but I always followed the Bucks. Um, mm-hmm. And just always stayed with the Bucks because there was, yeah, I just loved them so much. So, so, so you uh, go back to the Leroy Selman, Doug Williams John, day on McC- John hey. McKay, some of the John- greatest interviews ever. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Yep. Steve Sperrier was our first quarterback. And I actually, I collect sports cards too. And I just got one of his autograph cards from uh, Florida. So, um, yeah, I lived a pretty rough uh, life uh, being a Bucks fan all through <laughs> high school and through school. Yeah. Um, but I was always known as the kid that always dr- dressed up as a Buccaneer and full pads, helmet that I had, jersey for Halloween. That was me. Every Halloween, that was me. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, so it's so when we won the Super Bowl in twenty um in a couple of years ago, they um most of my Facebook friends were in high school, Monica included, you know, said to me, Hey man, we remember you, you know, dressed up as a Bucks. You finally won a Super Bowl. It's gotta be awesome because I was at the Super Bowl. I went to the Super Bowl. I had the time of my life. It was just amazing. Amazing. Yeah, it help it helps when you win. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, it does. Yeah. I went to a Super Bowl where they, the 49ers didn't win. It was not as much fun leaving. So just, yeah, fun, <laughs> just for, you know, that's, that's just a benchmark I'm putting out there. So, <laughs> so far you guys, I believe are four and five this year. Yes, sir. Four and five. Thoughts on this season so far? First one post Brady. Huh. Yeah. Post Brady. Um, we started off hot, three and one in our first four games. I think what really hurt us was our bye week. We had a bye week in week five, and in a way, it kind of helped out Mike Evans because Mike Evans has always been known to have hamstring problems and stuff. So he got, I think he got it trained in the New Orleans game, and so we had that bye week, and then we played when I went to go see them in Tampa uh, Lions for our cream school game. We were a different team, different team. We couldn't even score a touchdown on Detroit. Then we lose home against Atlanta. Then we go to Houston, you know, and I thought, okay, we got this. You know, I didn't realize CJ Stroud was going to go off like he did and yeah, made history obviously, but um, the team was different. And I think that bye week just took the mojo because I'm just hearing different reports of, uh, you know, the coach, you know, giving players time off during this. And I think it just broke our mojo because in the Detroit game, I was sitting in one of the end zones and Baker kept on overthrowing Palmer twice on Mike Evans. And it, the timing wasn't there. And it was just, uh, yeah. So I think that bye week played differently against Titans this past weekend. Definitely. Uh, that was the team that we saw the first four weeks. 
and stuff. So, you know, there's always about the coach not firing. We didn't do nothing on trade deadline. We're pretty strapped on cash. And that's why we have Baker Mayfield, you know, paying all that money for Brady and stuff. This is kind of our year to be like, we had to suck it up and we couldn't get free agents. And, you know, so, yeah. It happens. So now thoughts on, on this week against going up against the Niners, who, who obviously been hot and cold. My thoughts with the 49ers is that I'm concerned about Chase, uh, Chase Young. We have a younger offensive line. The biggest one being Tristan Wirfs, being our right tackle, all pro, moved him to left tackle. So, and then Donovan Smith went on to the Chiefs. And so the center, I was hoping Ryan Jensen would be back, our center, but he, I don't think he'll yeah. ever play another down because of his knee injury. Um, you know, having a rookie at a right guard, uh, right tackle was our left guard last year. So, I'm worried about that. Our running game is not as smooth as I wish it would be. Um, Rashad White is starting to, you know, catch balls out of the backfield and stuff. But Leonard Fournette would dance too much. And Keyshawn Vaughn does the same kind of thing too. And so our run game, that's what I'm concerned about. But if we can get our tight ends and, you know, Mike Evans and just get Chris Godwin some open looks right in the beginning. I think that that could open it up, but um, I'm, I'm more of a defensive guy. So I always like talking about our defense. And for me, it's just, I just need Devin white to show out. He's, you know, a uh, free agent after this year. So he's trying to get that hundred million. I don't see it yet, yeah. especially playing for us, you know, and some games he's there, some games he's not. And, you know, Carlton Davis is always a diva. He's too much of a diva. And it was just kind of odd he had that toe injury. He didn't play this past weekend because I think the fans there would have booed him pretty hard on what he did against Houston. So for you guys, for, you know, growing up uh, Bucks fans, did you have any football traditions or things you guys always were – Man, I can't wait to, for Sundays or we're going to do barbecue or something like that. Usually when I fly into Tampa to go see the games, I go on the tailgate right outside. It's called What the Buck. And mm -hmm. it's like $40 and all you can eat buffet uh, drinks and oh, cool. just have a good time with other fans and stuff. Now, there's a couple of ones that I go to, um, different ones, uh, but uh, there's really no tradition um, usually when I fly into Tampa, I always go to Ybor city because I like cigars. So I always, I always like getting the fresh rolled cigars and having one at the game. Nice. Excellent. Brian or Tim. Well, yeah. I, what I always like to ask the uh, folks we have on this podcast is, you know, you know we, th we think back to memories and for John and Brian and myself, you know, for us, it was, it was growing up and, and going to candlestick and working summer jobs so we could support, you know, so we could season tickets um but we always try to ask you know what what was what were say your your favorite memory and then i won't say worst i'll just say least favorite memory <laughs> of a bucks yeah. fan so does anything <laughs> come to mind you mentioned obviously you know uh, the mckay years uh and, and and certainly i think after mckay left you probably have they, the 80s were not good for the uh the bucks but i guess mm -hmm. not so great memory but then your favorite memory uh, a tampa fan you know, favorite, favorite memories is always going to the game with my grandfather. Um, like I said, he brought me to my first game when I was four. A funny story, in 1999, I, I was stationed in Virginia. I drove down there playing against the Bears. So I wanted to take my grandfather to the game, you know, and pay for it. Um, so I got tickets outside the stadium, got in, got, got scanned, went to our seats, and somebody else came to our seats. And we're like, uh, I think you guys are sitting on our seats. And we're like, uh, no. So I showed him the tickets and the usher guy said, our tickets were counterfeit. And I'm like, counterfeit? How did, oh, I, I, we got scanned at the no, front no. and this is a 1999. And I'm just, and, I, and my grandfather's a full-blown Italian. So he wasn't having it. And I was trying to calm him down. I think the saving grace, it was military appreciation day. And I tried to tell the guy, I'm like, listen, I'm in the military. I'm, I don't know how to do all yeah. this stuff. We're just going to the game, you know? So they tend to kick people out, but they allowed us to stay in. We just had to stay in one of the end zones. But, you know, obviously winning our first Super Bowl, yeah, I, I, I cried like a baby because it was just, 
there's so much, I have so much passion and pride for them. And I just feel that we win every game. Like, I think we're going to win against San Francisco. You know, I just, I, I don't have that negative when it, with the Bucks. I just always feel bad years, probably, you know, I, I didn't like how we did with Tony Dungy, you know, um, letting him go and then bringing in John Gruden. Um, Tony Dungy made that defense. So, but the bad years are just trying to get over Philadelphia. Philadelphia always kept on knocking us out and finally got that, you know, in 2002 playing up there and stuff. So, um, I don't really have any bad memories because I mean, we're two and oh in the Super Bowl, so we never lost. And so that feeling is, you know, great. Oh, just see players go. I, I understand it's a business. I got it totally. But, you know, Sometimes when you're following them on social media, they're family oh, and just, you, you want them to do good. So, well, I have to say, you know, being a Buccaneers fan since 1976 is something else. So, uh, kudos to you, uh, for that, my friend, one of, um, as John said, I, you know, I, I think back to the, the early bucks, uh, you know, years, you know, six when they were, when the team was created and just some of John McKay's quips during press conferences was always something that we took a kick out of. Uh, I, I think one of my favorites was um, he came up to uh, the podium and the press started asking him questions about the game and he got exasperated and he said, you guys don't know the difference between a football and a bunch of bananas. <laughs> the next week he comes back and the press had left a, a bunch of bananas on his podium. He looks down and he looks at the press and he goes, you guys don't know the difference between a football and a Mercedes Benz. <laughs> so I think to that, and then, but I think there, there was a, there was a book. Uh, I I'm trying to remember the, I, th I think it was Jason Voke, um, V U I C. He wrote a story called the, Yuck. he wrote a book called the yucks and it was two years in Tampa on the longest losing streak, professional football, at least in the NFL uh, history, I think at that time. It's from broken. Yes. But it just was literally, I mean, the Bucks literally started with nothing in terms of team. They were stoffs from other teams. There, there wasn't the draft like you saw the Panthers and the Jaguars and others had yeah. to at least, you know, get them started. They they literally had to start from, from nothing. And uh, but you know, how how McKay you know, was able to stay the ground. He he built up a terrific defense with, of course, people like Lee Lee Leroy Selman. And as you said, 1979, you know, three years you know, removed from their inception, their their birth, uh, they make the NFC Championship. They lose to the Rams in pouring rain Super Bowl, but yeah, pouring rain. I and uh, I think it was a nine nothing game, but uh, yeah, and there was that. And then of course, fast forward to you know the first Super Bowl in 2003, I think it was with John Gruden, and that just amazing defense they had uh you know, of course our current gm uh john lynch i believe was yep. on that team so uh there's a lot of little, little connection between the bucks and the niners yeah i was gonna say since you're in vermont obviously vermont gave you a nice um, or new england you can added bonus getting greatest quarterback ever and giving him winning a super bowl so but yeah, so kudos to you, my friend. I mean, that is, uh, that, that is, there, there is fandom and then there's people like you. So my hat is off to you. So Sean, do you have a favorite player? I was, you know, we were talking about, um, Leroy Selman and Derek Brooks on the D, uh, John Lynch is another one, but do you have a favorite one? Go oh, I'm sorry. Guy lost you there for a second. Sean, I don't know if you heard my question, but I was wondering if you had another favorite defensive player so there, on the Buccaneers. Nate Barber, oh. a number 20. I got married in his jerseys. My <laughs> wife was all about, uh, and the funny thing is, is that my, this is in Vermont. So we were in Tampa Bay, Jersey. My cousin, and his wife were in New England Patriots jerseys as my best man and, and groom. And the whole wedding was centered around sports, whatever jersey you wanted to wear. Um, I'm kind of a, yeah, I did 22 years in the military, but I always kind of, I, I like to tone it down, you know, not be. And so sure. everybody that came to the wedding was in all sports jerseys. And yeah, it was, it was amazing. But uh, 
Rodney Barber, when he caught that interception from Donald McNabb and uh, ran it back, uh, that's when tears started flowing uh, because it's just all those years of like, sure, finally beating the Eagles, right in Philly at the last was game that the of last game of the event, yeah. And then the next year, we opened up on Monday night and beat the Eagles on Monday Night Football to open up their new stadium. That's a fun fact. <laughs> so we closed the vet down and then opened up Lincoln Field and beat. That was uh, that was Joe Jervicious. He tapped that he tapped that ball to himself in the corner of the end zone that Monday night game. Oh yeah! Wow. Two thousand four, yeah. two thousand. Yeah, yeah. So yeah no, we geez. opened up their stadium with their yeah. loss to the Bucks. So, well, I will say this. I think for all three of us, you've given us a fantastic idea for how we're all going to renew our <laughs> vows in sports gear. So I'm going to put that on our calendars and Brian, uh, you'll have the Warriors. Uh, John, I guess we'll just have to see who gets which jersey for the 49ers renewals. Yeah. <laughs> I got a, I got a question for you. What's your, what do you think is uh, the better uniform? The more nostalgic uh, creamsicle ones or the, the red pewter uh, color scheme they got going on now. What what do you love more, and which jersey would you be rocking more? Like like what color jersey were you wearing at that at your at your wedding? Maybe that's a that's a question. That's that was my uh, Ronde uh, white jersey, authentic. I got to hang okay. it up in the closet. I'm a creamsicle guy. That's the reason why when I when I was waiting for the schedule to open to see what game home game we were going to be in our creamsicle uniforms. <laughs> that just it just brings back so much memories i have so much i have like three closets full oh, of jerseys man. but uh yeah the creepsicle ones i wish they would just stay with those but i i just remember watching those on yeah some more jerseys. <laughs> i just remember watching those <laughs> games on tv as a kid and seeing bucks highlights and i mean i didn't to me as as a 49ers fan i, I thought they were at that time i didn't think they were you know, that very much good looking, but now today I think they're very nostalgic and I would, I love that color scheme yeah. today. Yeah. That's uh, yeah. I mean, I, you know, growing up in the eighties, you know, I, if, if they show Tampa Bay on TV, I was like, Oh, that's my Super Bowl. <laughs> we could be getting blown up by the giants or something. I mean, that's how I was when I was a kid yeah. and I'd oh. get fooled by Tennessee, um, the university of Tennessee. Mm -hmm. Cause as a kid, I would see it on Saturday sure. and I'm like, Hey, Tampa Bay's playing. They got a T and they'd be in those orange uniforms. Tennessee volunteers, you know, I'm like, no, that's not them. They're not, that's not, that's a different team. I'm like, oh, okay. But cool. I got one more question for yeah, you. Yeah, crazy to go um, all Sean. the way. So I know John asked about your favorite defensive player. Who's your favorite offensive player um, of all time? Man. See Mike Allstott. Just see Mike. Yeah, because I, 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 I'm wearing his jersey. That's yeah. the jersey I'm saying. Mike Allstott. See, it's the jersey I'm wearing right now. I was it's our Super Bowl was jersey. Built like a greatest, dump truck. greatest, I mean, greatest <laughs> fantasy football player ever. Yeah, I I like Carnell Williams too, but we ran him to the ground. Black Williams, mm -hmm. um, sure. But uh, work done. He always does good in the community. He's got a he's got a good heart. Yeah, and, uh, I think he bought like one or two percent of the Atlanta Falcons, and work done is now a fairly well off individual. I always loved him from yeah. Florida State. Yeah, always a good dude. Yep. Yes, he's he's got he does that program for um, giving away homes and stuff. He does oh, that for great. families. That's wonderful. Cool. Well, Sean, man, this is awesome. Thanks for joining us on Niners Talk. We uh we really enjoyed it. Hey, I really appreciate the opportunity. I was I was very anxiety was just kind of like oh I don't know how I'm going to act and. You know, but it's, uh, you know, always talking football. It's always, uh, it's right up my alley. Everybody and stuff. Yeah, it's everybody yeah. yeah. Well, some people, <laughs> after, maybe after you've had a few drinks, then you talk football. That doesn't put people at ease, <laughs> Just, but, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I still Tuesday feel night, comfortable yeah. that we, I still feel comfortable that we'll win in uh, San Francisco. It's, yeah. It's, we, we've we, only won there two times. So. Third time's a charm. Um, you know, yes, we've sir. Had, we've had uh, a lot of guests on, and, and we've all found that, you know, Football is such a great family event. It all centers around it. You know, you get people talking about how great it is. And the wins and the losses, yeah, they, they suck and you feel not so great on Monday. But, yeah. You know, just the time you get to spend it's, together, it's just awesome. Yeah. Um, I'm flying up to Green Bay to go see Bucks up there in uh, December. So 
Um, I'll go from hot and sweaty to like trying to layer everything on and stuff. I'm really looking forward to never been to Lambeau Field, and I just feel that's a bucket list for yeah, a football yeah. fan. I'm going to oh, do yeah. the stadium tour. I won't do the Lambo leap because I'm too big to try to jump up that high. But uh, <laughs> I'm really looking forward to that trip and, and meeting other packs, Packer fans and stuff. So cool. All right, man. Well, thanks again for, for coming yeah, on. Thank and you, Sean. Look, you know, yeah. Good luck. This no worries. I, I really appreciate it. All right. Well, that was an awesome interview with Mr. Sean. So let's talk bucks. Um, so. It's an interesting team. I mean, you know, we got middle of the road offense. D is right number eight, but I think they have the second highest red zone. And and I think they're number two in red zone defense. So, Tim, initial thoughts? Yeah, I watched the tape of the, of the Titans. Bucks. This was not an impressive football game by, by either team. And I know that Tampa came out on top. Um, but, you know, or Mayfield, you know, I look at him. He's not the quarterback. He's got a very good arm, and he can be accurate when he has to be. But mobility is an issue for him. So if the 49ers can collapse the pocket, uh, don't give up, you know, penalties like, you know, holding on third down that extend drives. I think the 49ers can get some good pressure on uh, on Tampa, and I see this as being another opportunity for the defense to establish itself after frankly despite the talent being one of the poorer defenses uh in the nfl in that three-game losing streak so i think this is the next step for opportunity for the 49er defense i think they take it uh and i think they're gonna get some decent pressure on on mayfield cool brian your thoughts yeah i was kind of thinking the same thing i think the defense is gonna step up you know it's always fun when nick bosa and now Chase Young from Ohio State is going to play Baker Mayfield. Uh, so that's going to have that added little, um, you know, that Oklahoma, Ohio State-Oklahoma um, thing with the flag that happened back in college. So there's always that extra little motivation, and I think it's going to come out. And um, I hope the Niners have a have a good game. You know, they should. They have the talent, as Tim was saying. Um, I think it's their, I think it's going to, I think they should be able to win this game. Hey, Tim, was Chase Young on that team? I think he was that when Oklahoma beat Ohio State. Uh, I think he was. I would, I, it's possible. I think Chase Young's rookie so, year was what, 2020? Yeah, it's the year yeah. after Bosa. The year after Bosa's. Yeah, I think that. I think that's the, the Oklahoma was in 2018, Bosa yeah. was in 2019. So yeah, I think that's, so, that's a possibility. I am willing to bet even though we don't cover bets in this podcast anymore. Um, one of them is going to plant the flag on, uh, on Sunday. Um, because that was such a big Nick Bosa moment. It really is coming out in 2019. But I, I think one of them is going to do it, if not both of them together. Well, I will take that, Sean. I say he doesn't do it. Okay, well, I don't know what we're going to bet. Just... Strutting, and I get an extra piece of pie at Thanksgiving at your house. Why don't we just do a Manhattan, Tim? <laughs> Straight up Sounds Manhattan. Good. All right, good. good. So right, we'll do that um, in Arizona. Okay, cool. Um, all right. So keys to victory. We're going back home. Niners have a very good record at home. Obviously, they uh, they lost their streak when they lost the Bengals. But I think just getting home, and if they get more than seventeen points, get more than seventeen points. You're going to be fine. Um, and Tim, do you think do you have a name for kind of the Niners style of football? I put here Niners bully ball. I understand what you mean. Bully ball. I really think the Jim Harbaugh years where they were just a big, powerful, nasty football team. Uh, you know, I, people like Justin Smith and Navarro Bowman and, and Patrick Willis. No, this team. Thing I I think it's more uh, I think it's more complimentary. You know, if, if you put pressure on, uh, you know Baker, you tip the pass. Fred's Fred's there to the interception, or you know you bottle a team, you bottle that running back. Uh, Drake Greenlaw's come in and, and finish it off. Uh, I also could pin you back and and then help flip the field. 
So I think complimentary is how I would describe this football team. Okay, so that would be your key to victory, keep complimentary football. Yeah. So, okay. you know, or once, you know, there are just days that, yeah, your defense isn't doing that great, but your offense uh, steps up or vice versa. Your defense gives your offense opportunities at their truck. Cool. Ryan, another key to victory? Uh, well, you know, I know we have all of our best players back, so, you know, love to see Trent Williams out there. And then um, just, I think that changes the scope of the offense. So, you know, McCaffrey in his previous games when Trent, Trent Williams wasn't there, it was kind of limited in yards. I want to say around 50. I, I don't remember the exact number, but, mm-hmm. you know, it was in the 50s. It was pretty low for him. I know he almost, he didn't, he didn't break 100 this week um, in terms of rushing. I know he got like 95. So I think just stay healthy. I know we'd love to see Trent Williams there. I know, I mean, I did see also the note that Mikhevitz got hurt and rolled his ankle a little bit. So we'll see if he plays, but as long as they can all stay healthy, I mean, I think it just opens up the world in terms of the offense and, and the defense. Um, but in just terms of the offense, it opens it all up. Yeah, my my last key to the victory, having kind of thought about um, like the Minnesota game and, and some of the other ones where we lost, is just trying to limit some of these, like especially if we're a team that the Niners probably should be, limit the explosive plays. You know, it's like, we sh- probably should have won the Vikings game, but when you give up a touchdown at the end because you zero blitz and, you know, Traverius misses the interception, the guy walks in, they get a free touchdown, we end up losing, you know, you know, by that amount. So don't give Baker a chance to be the David versus the Goliath. Like, limit the explosive plays, keep everything in front of you, play Niners complimentary football, and score more than 17, you know, it's, it's going to be a tall order for the Buccaneers to, to get over. So, yep. Um, so on that note, Brian, how were we in Niners trivia this week? Ooh, let's go over that one. Okay, so question number one, Tampa Bay started an expansion team and played in what division? Uh, they started in 1976, as Sean had mentioned. Tim, you said the NFC, was it the Central? Said the South, John said the Central. Okay, okay. Uh, so the answer was they started in the AFC West. Um, okay. originally, wow. yeah, for one year. And wow. then I'm not sure where Seattle was, but they ended up switching spots with Seattle. So Seattle jumped to the AFC West. And um, yeah, so they, and then they moved to the NFC Central. So that's how that started. Okay. Number two, name the five players in the Pro, Pro Football Hall of Fame uh, who are primarily Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You guys got four of them. Um, and I will say, can, you're I, right. can, I, add, yeah. can I add a fifth? Sure. Ron Wolf. Ron Wolf. Oh. Is that the fifth one? No. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, Who is the fifth? Well, let's go over them first. So you okay. guys both, you guys said Leroy Salmon, correct? Derek oh, Brooks. Selman. 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 Leroy, Salmon. Not, <laughs> not like the flesh. <laughs> sorry. I never, I'm sorry. I never heard of him until yeah. like I was doing a research. I honestly do not want to insult that man. Like, no. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. You're correct. Uh, okay. Uh, so, Leroy Salmon. 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 <laughs> Just go uh, to the next. <laughs> Derek Brooks. Uh, Warren Sapp. Uh, the great John Lynch. Last one is Sean Allison's buddy, Rondé Barber. Ah, uh, uh, okay. Uh, uh, number three, the great John Lynch. What baseball team was he drafted by during after his junior year at Stanford? Uh, John, you said the Cardinals. Tim, you said the Rockies. It was actually the Florida Marlins. Uh huh. Well, Florida Marlins. Uh, and then you chose to stick around with Bill Walsh for one more year. Uh, okay. Uh, Niners lost 31-6 in the divisional round of the playoffs in January 12, 2003. Uh, Who scored our points for us that game? Uh, Tim, you said... Shane Lamar. And then John, you said... Mike Cobra, because I have no idea. (laughs) Well, it definitely wasn't Mike Cobra, but 
Okay. Jim, you're right. It was Jeff Chandler. He was our kicker for two kidding? years. <laughs> and Jeff Chandler, if you're listening, good job that day. Good job. That <laughs> was yeah, uh, he... Steve Mariucci's last game. In the... Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we entered the Erickson. Erickson era. And the well, slide begins. Nyers, yeah, the Nyers did not go to the playoffs until 2011. So an eight year drought. Long years. Yep. That is it. Cool. All right. Well, guys, final thoughts for for Sunday. What do you got for? Well, and also, what are you guys going to be doing for the game? Watching. I, I mean, I <laughs> guys keep running miles. So just your normal everyday football. Yeah. Okay. I um. Well, you know, Tim and I are running a marathon in a couple of weeks so i'm actually tim i'm running a, a half marathon on sunday as part of my taper um and i'll be home at one o'clock uh my time locally to uh to watch that game so uh, i'm looking forward to it i'll have a a couple of my local brewery beers on hand and then just kind of chilling at home watching this one nice yeah um and john so i have a cheer competition i have to go to um so my youngest is is doing a cheer competition, which means probably about an hour's wait while someone, um, while I wait for her to do a two minute routine. Yep. So anyway, but I'll be home by four, so the game comes on. So cool. Final thoughts on the Niners, Brian. You know, they should take care of business. I think they needed that bye week um, to clean things up. They got healthy. So I expect them, knock on wood, to hopefully take care of business next weekend. Well, Tim, you had them on a crossroads last podcast. I think they... this one is just, it's all about playoff position now. You're in the second. So are the Nyers on the right track off their crossroads? Keep one. They are. Okay. <laughs> Uh, it was just good to see them back to being uh, normal. Yeah. Uh, what, or not normal, what we think they should, could be. Um, the frustrating thing, especially against the Bengals was like, they just didn't look like themselves. So they're looking good. I, I think they're going to do pretty well this upcoming weekend. Um, you know, we'll look forward to the games ahead. Those will not be mentioned until we get past this week. So, on that note, Niners Nation, thanks for tuning in one more week. This is our 20th podcast, which is hard to believe. And we look forward to more of these. And as always, stay faithful. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to Niners Talk. Stay faithful.